Yeah. Yeah. Draft day. Johnny Manziel. Five years later, how am I the man still? Draft day. A. Wiggins. That other side, we stay winning. Oh, man, you know I had to do it for you. You know I had to do it for you. Yeah. Suits and ties yelling out, pay the guys, man, I had to do it for you. Hello, everybody. You're listening to the Q&E Podcast. We're here with your boy Q Hicks right now on this beautiful drive day. And I got Edgar on the other line. Edgar, tell the people what's good. What's up, everybody? Can't wait to get into these draft day topics with y'all. It feels a little dry for draft day, but we're going to try and make the most of it. It does. It does, man. I got to lighten up with that Drake, man. But let's get into the topic first. Let's start off with this Gronk trade. Man, I know you was predicting it a little before time, but how you feel about the trade, man? Honestly, I, I was the main one saying I ain't going to believe it till I see it. And then I seen it, and now I believe it. When everybody was saying, Gronk was saying he might come back, I was saying these these are from unreliable websites and stuff. Gronk doing WWE now, I don't see him coming back. But then when I seen the actual reports from the Tampa Bay website and then from Bleacher Report, I was like, okay, it looked a little bit more believable. And then, boom, yeah. I seen the actual trade happen. I was like, okay, now I believe it. Now, once again, I'm telling everybody, we going to the Super Bowl. It's happening. We're going to be the first team to host a Super Bowl. It's happening. Okay. Wait wait till the draft day over. Wait till all the draft stuff over. Because I'm telling y'all, in this draft, the Bucs are going to draft the offensive line pieces that we need. And then everybody going to be like, okay, yeah, now they might actually go to the Super Bowl. But I've been telling y'all for weeks now. We still got questions. We still got questions. On what? They still got to see if Tom Brady is capable of keeping up in his 40, what, wow. third year. Do you see all the weapons he had? It's Tom Brady. Y'all act like the man just trash. I'm not, I'm not acting like this. I'm just being devil's advocate in this point, bro. On the point of the Bucks making the Super Bowl. Brady, old Gronk was on his last legs in his last season with the Patriots. And he had a whole year off to recuperate. Yeah, he got real skinny. Is he the same Gronk? He got him being slimmer. Up. Him being yeah, slimmer exactly. now might give him better route options. See, yeah, look at this half full, not half empty. I don't know, bro. Like I said, I think the Bucks are gonna have a good season this year. Definitely making the playoffs, but the Super Bowl. Who's stopping uh, us? I just got to see it come together. Who's stopping us? Y'all got some challenges in the NFC South now with the Falcons and the Saints. Man, whatever. They Falcons still got Matt Ryan. Falcons still got Matt Ryan. And the Panthers, all they got is Christian McCaffrey. The only team I'm seeing in the NFC South, as usual, is the Saints. Yes, and they've been the number one team for the past number of years. And that changes today. We going to see, bro. Like I said, they definitely going to have a good season. But it definitely was a surprising move to me. I was somebody who I didn't think it was going to happen either until it did. Uh, but I was definitely talking it up, talking it up at least to my pops. I was talking it up with him, and it was like as soon as we were talking about it, like a couple of minutes later, I got the notification from Bleacher Report that he the trade was confirmed and stuff like that. It definitely surprised me, but I'm glad it happened. Glad to see Brady and Gronk back together. But how do you feel that Gronk left New England, but comes back a season later? Do you think it was a Belichick thing why he left New England and left Brady? Do you think that was the reason he left in the first place? 
Uh, possibly. I don't think it's all on that. I feel like Gronk probably really did just also want to leave football for a little while. Um, being the tight end and taking the amounts of the amount of hits that you take at that position. And we all know how big Gronk is. We know how hard it is to bring him down. So the health aspect of it, of that was part of the reason why he said he was ready to go away for a little while because the health aspect of it and his mental safety and all that. So I believe part of that was the reason why I wouldn't be surprised if wanting just to leave the Belichick system, I wouldn't be surprised if that was also a reason why. A lot of people say that's why Tom left. Tom was just ready for something new. Even though he's on the end of his career, he was just ready to end it with something new, something fresh. I don't, I don't think that's the reason for Tom. I think Bill Belichick made the decision for Tom. Oh, no. No, I think, nah. Nah, I think Tom, Tom picked this on his own. I don't think Belichick nah, uh, picked this for Tom. I don't think so. I think Bill Belichick was ready for him to leave, and he made the decision for Tom. I mean, I'm sure he was ready for him to leave. Back, he been cool with it, but he really didn't want Tom to come back. He been wanting Tom gone for the past. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, I, I agree with that. But I feel like Tom still made the ultimate decision of I'm either staying or leaving. I don't think Belichick had any influence in his decision, other than I know this man don't really want me here, which isn't really an influence. So, yeah, well, I just know Belichick wanted to go young. Definitely wanted to go young. I don't think Jarrett Stidham, who is currently slated as the starting quarterback, I don't think he's the future. I think today we could potentially see the Patriots trading up for somebody like Tua. That's been in the rumors. I don't know if they have the draft capital to get up in the top tier of the draft, but that's something we got to wait and see. But whoever they pick up, whether it's a cam or something, I feel like they would definitely slate it to go young. And they might tank. I don't even know. They might tank for Trevor Lawrence. That's something I wouldn't put past the Patriots at all. Um, but also, uh, sticking with this Gronk topic, it, and then it, it points the needle toward O.J. Howard in a way because now it looks like he's on the trading block. So do you think that happens, or do you see a two to three tight end set going on with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in their offense this season? I feel like the only way O.J. Howard would stay on the – well, I don't know if he officially is on the trading block or not, but if he is, I feel like the only way he would stay on the trading block is if the Bucks were really just trying to completely amp up this O-line. That's the only way I could see him being on the trading block. But other than that, I feel like we should keep him if we have the money to. And I, I tell people all the time, I like Ronald Jones. I don't think we should put too much money and effort into finding like a – number one running back right now if we have all these number one top receiving options right now I don't think we need to just add a number one running option Ronald Jones is good enough to average at least three or four yards a carry which can get us the first now opportunities we need so with that being said I feel like we should at least try to keep OJ Howard unless we're just trying to really beef up the O-line okay and sticking with the running back point y'all obviously uh, y'all are in the mix of Leonard Fournette he was just put on the trading block by the Jaguars a couple of days ago. They said, I think they said the Bills, the Jags, not the Bills, the Bills, the Bucks, the Bills, the Bucks, the Lions, the Colts. Yeah, so those are like the four teams in the mix for Leonard Fournette right now. So would you like him as a fit, or would you still stick with a Donald Jones? Uh, towards your last point. I'll probably stick with Jones because I I truly feel like for the Bucks, the running back position is the last thing we need to worry about. 
the main things that the Bucks have always needed to worry about is our defensive secondary, the offensive line, the quarterback situation, and then the running back situation. We have always been pretty decent with running backs. It's just our O-line has never allowed them to flourish like that. So I feel like yeah. with the upgrades that I see us making in this draft for our O-line and possibly with the O.J. Howard trade, I feel like keeping wrong be the best thing. If we can get Leonard Fournette and somehow still pull off getting a great offensive line, then hey, do it. But I don't see that. Right. That would be a perfect scenario. That would literally be the perfect receivers, the perfect running back, the perfect O-line. But then we would have to sacrifice still not having a defensive secondary, which I feel is the last thing that the Bucks really need to handle. Because I feel like we already fixed the quarterback situation. We never had a receiver problem. We were okay with the tight end situation. We got a good, decent running game. But all that's left to – the only box left to check is that defensive secondary. If we fix that, we are literally Super Bowl bound, and I don't want to argue with anybody about it. You're going to have to argue with me during next season, boy, because I, <laughs> I ain't letting up at all, man. I just – I definitely have to see it come together. I definitely think uh, the O-line is definitely the top priority because they cannot let Tom get hit. But they have to have a good running game, bro. I don't know if Jones is the guy, Fournette is the guy, whoever's the guy. They have to have a good running game for Tom. We, we, Tom we will, bro. We will. He can't be throwing the ball 50 times a game. Bro. Oh, oh, he's not, bro. He's, he I'm telling you. I'm telling Everybody going to see how good Ronald Jones is. I was paying close attention to him last season. Ronald Jones is a good running back. Like I said, he could average three to four yards a carry. That's like almost half of the distance to the first down marker. Like, that's good, solid running that you need. He can get those three or four yards to set up plays where you don't have to throw deep balls all the time. You can throw slants. You can throw dig routes. You can throw comebacks. So, yeah, I feel like and he can he can UFC, set up the good plays. Yeah, and coming out of UFC, he was uh, USC. He was a, a big time running back prospect, and he still he still you he's like like Edgar said, he shows the talent in the games. He has big runs here and there. And he definitely shows the flashes, so he can definitely be the the quarter uh, the running back at least. But Leonard Fournette, I don't think that's something you could pass up, bro. Now that's a premium talent at the running back position. Even though you got Ronald Jones, if all you got to do is give up a, a third rounder for a, a Leonard Fournette caliber of running back, like that is that's crazy good, bro. And we see how far he can carry a team. Like Leonard Fournette got that team, or a little bit a little bit of help from Blake Bortles. He got that Jaguars team to a conference championship game. And a couple of plays away from the uh, from the Super Bowl, like Leonard Fournette can carry a team, and if you get a line like I think the Bucks are gonna get, y'all be set. Then I will be convinced. If y'all got Fournette, I would be convinced, bro. Fournette in the line, I, I'll, I'll have to submit a little bit to that Super Bowl take. But let's move on to some more draft news, man. A lot of information, a lot of rumors has been coming out that Justin Herbert has now overtaken Tua as the second-best quarterback in this draft. I don't know why. But they're saying that the Dolphins are most likely going to pick uh, Herbert at five. How do you feel about it? And what what is going on with the people, the draft experts and stuff like that? Bro? I've been, I don't get it. I've been telling everybody Justin Herbert is the most slept-on quarterback in this draft. I know he's not super talented naturally like Tua I know he may not be pinpoint accurate like Joe Burrow, but he is a good, fundamentally sound quarterback that is just being overlooked. Jalen Hurts even gets more looks than Justin Herbert. 
You know, I feel Justin Herbert is literally the most underrated quarterback in the draft. Whoever he falls to at the fifth or sixth pick, I feel like they're going to be extremely blessed to get him because it may not be the first season, but I give him like maybe a second or third season with whatever team he goes to. And everybody's going to be like, wow, they should have drafted that guy. I feel like Justin Herbert proved himself by winning the Pac-12 championship, going to the Rose Bowl and showing everybody that he can be a top quarterback in the nation at the college level. He could be an even better above average quarterback in the NFL. And with two of being injured, I feel like that's still the best pick to take Justin Herbert. I disagree with you, bro. I think he is the most overrated prospect period in this whole draft class. They're projecting him as a top six pick where I think he should be at the back of the first round. I really think his talent is toward a Jordan Love type, uh, the quarterback out of Utah State. He isn't close talent-wise to a Tua. Tua is being compared to somebody like a Drew Brees. Justin Herbert doesn't have anybody to compare with. He is a 6'5 quarterback that has all the traits. The last quarterback we've seen like him with the big arm was Paxton Lynch. And Paxton Lynch was a complete bust. So it's just what is the amount of risk that you want to take? If you want to go safe and potentially get a bust in Justin Herbert, you can go that way. But if you're a risk reward and you want it to be high, you can obviously get hurt and get burnt by Tua getting injured because obviously he had the ankle injuries and he had the hip injuries. So you can obviously be hurt by that. But the reward is so much higher than a Justin Herbert, bro. Like I said, you get a potential pro bowler in Tua and you get a solid starter in Justin Herbert. If I'm the Dolphins, somebody who hasn't seen success in a very long time, I'm taking the higher risk and the higher reward in Tua. I just have to do that. If I was the I Dolphins, I would play it safe and get the fundamentally sound quarterback that I can form into a talented quarterback. They're risking on a talented quarterback that will have a very shortened career due to injury. You got oh, so to look at it long term, bro. You got to look at it long term. I do see it long term, bro. And also why I think the Falcons, not the Falcons, but the Dolphins will pick him is the fact that they got burnt by Drew Brees back when Drew Brees got let go by the Chargers. I want to say this was like over a decade ago, and then he ended up going to the Saints. Uh, the Dolphins were about to get him, but they ended up going through a, a physical, and Drew Brees ended up failing the physical, and he ended up going to the Saints, passing the physical, and the rest is history, obviously. Ended up getting the Super Bowl, and therefore. But now the same situation presents itself into a tongue of Iloa. You can pick him, even though you got injury risk, you can pick him and get a left-handed Drew Brees. Go get that man. You can sit him out for one year, make sure he's completely healthy behind Ryan Fitzpatrick, and be set. Then you can fill all the other pieces. You have two other first-round draft picks. You have, like, uh, six picks in the top 50, I think I heard today. Go with the high risk. If Tua is a bust, you can just draft another quarterback in a couple of years. They're, bruh, they're out there. If you don't have a quarterback anywhere, you're going to be high in the draft. So you can just draft another quarterback. Don't go safe. Go risky. I'm telling y'all the Dolphins. I rock with the Dolphins because I see a lot of potential in them right now. I, I, do, I do, too. I do, too. I've been oh, telling yeah. you, they're going to be the second-best team in their division this season. I'm telling you. Yeah. But I'm just saying future-wise, don't go safe. Go with risk all the time. But a lot of people have been talking about Tua's Wonderlick score. I think it was like one point below average, and people were slandering him for that, dropping him down on draft boards and stuff like that. 
and also for the injuries, which we're talking about the whole draft season. Uh, a lot of people saying he's not fully healthy. They don't know. He, uh, he's been showing himself in Instagram videos, but people still aren't convinced. So they're, they're looking at Herbert and saying he's the better quarterback. I was watching Get Up earlier today, and most experts were going with Tua, but it was still a couple of experts here and there were, that were taking the safe route with Herbert. So it's going to be interesting to see what goes down tonight for the Dolphins because that's usually – I think that's where he's going to get picked in that five to six range where the Dolphins and the Chargers are picking. They're definitely picking two quarterbacks for, uh, for those two teams. But let's move on to this virtual draft because that has been a topic of concern for the past couple of months ever since they – not a couple of months, but a couple of weeks since they announced it. Uh, they had a tryout on Tuesday for all 32 teams to try out the Zoom system, and the system messed up on the number one pick. So, Edgar, do you uh, foresee any issues coming up tonight, or do you think they can hammer it out and we can get a smooth broadcast of NFL uh, footage? I mean – they're using Zoom, so <laughs> I honestly don't really know. Um, mm, I mean, we, we just got to hope for the best. This is all new. This is all a new experience. It's not like this is normal or we've done it before or anything like that. We have to be willing to understand if there are any technical difficulties because this is the first time in history we are doing this. So I feel mm-hmm. like everybody just has to – be open-minded to the fact that technical difficulties might happen. I, I don't want to say I, I will or will not think that it'll go well or not because we, we just don't know. I wouldn't be surprised if something happened, but I'm hoping nothing. It's going to happen. Yeah, I, I'm trying to be positive about it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I just don't want everybody to be so critical. Wow, like I can't believe they got technical difficulties like come on man like everything is new to us right now with everything going on because when you get when you talk about something like a multi-billion dollar industry like the nfl you expect the best technology so you don't want to see no mess ups even though you are working with zoom you got all this money you should get all the vpns and all that stuff hammered out by the time the draft starts so you'll have no issues that's what most people are going to think because you have so much money but it's not the case it's still technology at the end of the day and you can't be promised anything will work that day. And you still are going to have communication issues no matter what. So I don't know how it's going to go down. Yeah. And I was seeing a lot of teams trying to make deals before the NFL draft just because of this Zoom system. And they don't know if it will keep up. Because, you know, during the draft, that's when most draft trades occur. But now they're trying to make trades before to, for the communication issues. How do you feel about that? Uh, I don't know. I feel like I feel the same way I felt before. I feel like it'll run smoothly. It just depends on. Mm, I don't know. This is also new, bro. I feel like it's a lot. Like I said, it's a lot of stuff. People just have to be ready for when it comes to mess ups and technical difficulties and stuff like that. I really want to say all of this is just going to go very smoothly, but I highly doubt it. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. And so the NFL is trying to find different VPNs and such to make it work. Like I said, it's something that we just have to watch out for tonight during NFL time. But it's definitely going to be interesting to see. And it's definitely going to be good television because if it goes good, it's still going to be good television. Like before we get a good time watching the draft and it's something to watch. That's really all we want. And if it goes to hell or goes badly. We'll understand why at least. Yeah, we'll still be entertained by that because it's still something. It's better than nothing, honestly. 
So I'll still take Dude, it. You can't well, you can't um you can't satisfy social media trolls. You just can't. Exactly. Bro. If it goes perfect, they still gonna have something to say. So Exactly, bro. But let's dive into Percy Harvin, man, the for- former Florida Gator. He is trying to make an NFL comeback. They say he's working with a former Olympian. And he's trying to get back in shape, man. He look, he still looks good. He got dreads. Now he still looks good. Do you think Percy Harvin has a future in the NFL? It's crazy. The day that he posted him, did you see him running up the ramp? Is that the video you're talking about? Yeah, I was yeah, literally, man. I was working out at the stadium that day. I looked at my phone later that night, and I texted my friend Caleb, and I was like, bro, Percy was there. Like, I remember seeing somebody in a green, like, green workout outfit, but I wasn't paying attention to his face because I just, it's so many people out there all the time. I didn't think that was Also, oh, he yeah, he was at UF. He was working out. He was running up the ramps like some of us do. Yeah. Yeah, that, that was crazy. So I was like, wow. <laughs> oh, you said you seen him. Yeah, I, I seen him, but I didn't know it was Percy Harvin. Like, I seen that outfit when I watched the video, and I was like, oh, wow, that was Percy. I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, the dress kind of messed me up. I was like, damn, I kind of – I didn't know he was growing out his head like that. Like, man, last time I seen Percy was years ago. I think the last time he played in the NFL was 2016. Yeah. So that's probably the last time I've seen him. So I guess since then, he's just been growing his hair on me. And when I see him with dreads, I was like, wow. I, I feel like he can make the comeback, though. I feel like the comeback, it might. it's not going to be anywhere near the Percy Harvin we remember. But I still feel like if he's in shape enough to come back in the NFL, that's still a good sign to me. That means he still has some type of value. But – yeah. I, I'm not expecting a grade A type. Yeah, I, I'm not expecting grade A athleticism, you know, but I'm expecting something because it's Percy. I don't know. I, I don't know if it's going to be grade A, but I don't think it's going to be far off from the old Percy, though, because injuries were was never his problem. It was always migraine issues that kept Percy off the field. It was headaches, migraines, head issues that kept him out. If he could keep that off of him, keep that bad, you know what I'm saying, bad injury things like head conditions off of him, I think he'll be fine because he never really had major body issues uh, like knees or ankle or anything like that. So I think his athleticism can still be old Percy Harvin. It's just can his mind and his migraine issues settle down to the point where he can still stay on the field for a team. And I think that's going to be the big, big worry. But I think we came a long way since 2016 back when he was getting a lot of his concussions and stuff like that. So I think he can still come back and beat up old Percy, bro. And I'm really hyped for it. Cause I'm, like I said, old for uh, Florida Gator, I just haven't seen him in so long, bro. I just want to see him on the football field. He, like Edgar said, he was running up a ramp in one Instagram video. It didn't really show us too much. It was in slow motion. But still, it just got me hyped. And I'm ready for Percy to come back. I want to say the last time he played was, like I said, 2016 with the Bills. The Bills was Yeah, I think the Bills was the last team he was with. Yeah. So, definitely shout out to Percy for trying to get back in it, trying to get all this NFL money in. Hey, I I definitely want to. He he said he interested in coming to the Bucks. So. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. He he said he was interested now. Oh, my goodness, bro. That would be deadly. Cause I was talking to my mom the other day, man. I was like, y'all should have, y'all should have kept Perryman. Y'all should have kept Perryman. If y'all would have had Evans, Godwin, and Perryman still, I was like, oh, y'all wide receiver would, y'all already stacked that wide receiver, but y'all would have been uh, was been set at the slot position. I think Perryman would have been a great slot. 
because he was getting off toward the end of the year with uh, James. Oh, yeah. I think if y'all would have set. But if y'all get Percy, he'll be implemented into that system real easy, real deep threat. <laughs> I can I can definitely see that. I can definitely see that. Um, but before we move on to uh, NBA and other topics in this podcast, I just want to uh, uh, send a huge pair to Carl Anthony Towns. Uh, rest in peace to his mother, man. Died from the coronavirus. That was a big hit to his family and to the the NBA community as well, man. So definitely RIP and uh, prayers to the Towns family. Definitely a big hit, man. Uh, but let's move on to the Jalen Green 500K G League deal. Edgar, what was your reaction to this, your first reaction when you heard this? Uh, when I first heard about it and read the post, I was just like, oh, wow. Like, usually we're just not used to seeing that nowadays. Like, it's usually they, they pick the – um, they pick their number one school that they want to go to, and they do a one and done, and then they go to the league. But he said, "No, I'm going straight to the G League. I'm gonna make these couple um hundred thousand dollars or whatever, and I'm gonna give myself a year to develop on a pro level. That way, I'll already be ready by the time I'm ready to get to the NBA. So I, mm-hmm. I, I was excited to see that. On the back end, though, I in my head, I'm like." I still hope he chooses some type of education for himself later on because just relying on just relying on your athleticism, that's the only thing I have with players not going to school after high school, like just trying to go pro. Like some of most of them don't really educate themselves. So that was the only thing with me. I was like, I hope he still finds some type of way to get educated while he's going pro immediately. But that's the interesting thing about this deal is that it includes a college scholarship. But he also said that he's going to school. I want to say uh, one of the California schools because the team he's playing for is going to be in Southern California. So he's going to go into one USC, UCLA, one of those schools. So it come, the deal includes a 500, uh, 500K. You get a college scholarship. He gets one year of development. And he also does not have to play with the G League team every game. Like, it's going to be spot games that he gets to play where it doesn't really affect the standing. It's basically an exhibition game for him and the other players like him to just get some run, play with NBA players, like a scrimmage type of thing. So that's what all the deal comes with. So Jalen Green got the deal. Also, Isaiah Todd got the same deal. I want to say he's a 16, a 16 power forward. He decommitted from Michigan and to go take this route as well. Jalen Green, he picked between Auburn, Memphis, and this deal, and he ended up picking this deal. And I like it for, for the player's per, uh, perspective, especially when you get it with the college scholarship because you get the money and you get the scholarship to go to school and you're not really playing too many games with the NBA players, so a lot of scouts can't poke holes in your game because when you go over overseas, your, your stock really takes a tumble, in my opinion. It really didn't take a tumble for... Lamelo when he went overseas, but I'm talking about the old people like um, the Moutiers, the Brandon Jennings. When they went overseas and they really didn't show the potential that people thought they were going to be, their draft stock really started to tumble. And a lot of people started poking holes in their games. And they were top five picks coming out of high school, but when they went overseas, they came back, they were only like top ten picks. Still great, but still their draft stock slipped in a way. And I'm glad he didn't pick that route. He picked this route instead because I feel like he still can be a top three, top five pick next season. Like I've seen his highlights. I've been keeping up with him for since his ninth grade season. He's been a big name in the high school recruiting ranks. And he's definitely one of those dudes that you can see 
flourishing at the next level pretty easily like with his game and all that. And you want to know what's um, crazy? You want to know what's crazy? Um, I don't really like LeVar Ball, but LeVar Ball pitched this idea like a couple of years ago on how to develop these young players without necessarily having to fully send them to college and still letting them get some type of pro experience. LeVar Ball pitched an idea very similar to this. So I just want to give him his credit on that for at least like speaking that idea into existence. I don't really like him like that. I don't like his antics a lot of times. I feel like he makes a lot of bad mistakes when it comes to his kids, but Hey, they his kids at the end of the day. He do what he want. But he he definitely got points for me for that, for at least throwing that idea out years prior. Honestly, LeVar Ball is a genius, bro. And it's really not too much you can say to that. He is a genius. Yeah, I want to say genius. And stuff like that. He's a genius for what he's trying to do. I honestly have to say that. Nah, I wouldn't say genius. I wouldn't say genius. I would, I would say genius, bro. I would say genius. Because a lot of people wouldn't put his kids or put their kids in the position that he did. Trying to start the JBA, trying to get the, the shoes working for Lonzo, even though those uh, experiments didn't go as planned, still trying to break outside the box, break outside the norm, and start some things. Because this, what LeVar tried to do with the JBA is basically what this green dude is doing right now. Trying to get pro experience and get paid at the same time. Oh, yeah, that's what I'm saying. That, that's the only thing I feel he honestly did right. Everything else, like you said, he tried, but it was just completely – it like the whole baller brand clothing and shoes, dude. That was a hit. No, it wasn't. That was terrible. Crazy. It was a hit, but it was – it just – the prices were too much. That's what I'm saying. That's why it wasn't a hit. Like <laughs> That's literally why it, it wasn't was a, a hit. hit for a minute, bro. When Lonzo was hitting – it was, that's the thing. His kids had to perform for it to hit. When Lonzo was at peak Lonzo at UCLA, like the big baller brand was at his peak. Like people were buying those shoes and people were buying the clothing. But also, but the first couple of years when Lonzo was in and he wasn't doing as well, like they started the stock of that big baller brand started. To the fall. only people who were buying those shoes were people who could afford $400 shoes. Those are the only people buying those shoes. I mean, people buy three hundred dollars slides, bro. I'm not really surprised at all. If you can't break off four hundred for it, it's like I seen. I seen nobody, and I mean nobody, with big baller brand shoes. Even to this day, like years later, after them being out for a while now, I've seen nobody with these shoes. Like, like I said, bro, it was just a try. It all failed because we ended up finding out that the shoes weren't made well. Obviously, Lonzo played in them. He didn't like them. That's why he's with Nike right now. And if you for other reasons, if you notice, Lonzo don't even he's not even represented with Big Baller Brand anymore. I even I think he even got the tattoo covered up of the Big Baller Brand that he got. Well, no, I don't think he got it covered up. But I think he usually wears a sleeve over it. No, nah, he covered. No, nah, he covered it. Yeah. up. that was for other reasons. Okay, but but still, like the fact that he's just he's not even involved with his dad like how he used to be and stuff. I can't give Genius credit. Just for trying to do genius I stuff. I, I can't. Hey, going you. over to Australia when a lot of people weren't going over to Australia. And then LaMelo ended up buying the team. So LaMelo already investing in some stuff, already making money before he even get to the league. And you already know who's managing that. LaVar. And for the big brawler brand with Lonzo, that went back to some other uh, financial issues. I want to say we talked about it on the podcast as well. When uh, I forgot his name. It was the dude that ran Big Baller Brand. It wasn't LeVar. 
it was uh, I want to say his name was Allen something, but he ended up he ended up stealing like one point five million from Lonzo, and that's why Lonzo ended up breaking away from Big Baller Brad because he seen his dad was still messing with the dude and stuff like that, even though he stole one point five million from him. So that was the reason why Lonzo broke away from Big Baller and ended up going with Nike. That, that was the biggest reason why. I don't think it was because he wanted to break away from his dad like that, but it was just the fact that you stealing money from me, you still rocking with the dude and stuff like that. So he had to create some distance between him and his dad. Man, that was the biggest. Like I said, I can't give Genius credit for one or two good things that he did. Now, if all this, if everything that he done did has some type of good outcome or continuous good streak outcomes, then I could give Genius credit. But he ain't did enough for me to just say, oh, yeah, this man is a genius. No, there's been plenty moments where he just has not sounded like a genius and has not acted like a genius in any type of way. So I just can't get that credit. I get credit when it's due. Like I said, the idea that he spoke of that Jalen Green is doing now, great. The thing that he did in Australia with with, uh, Melo and the team that they purchased, okay, cool. Everything else, I'm like, yeah, it was a miss. Like I said, bro. He failed. He did fail at the shoes, but everything else was great. And even the shoes, I give him credit for the shoes because that's still an experiment and somebody had to try it. All the crazy people, all the all the geniuses in the world have tried something and failed miserably. But they had that one thing that hit. And the way he goes about things, yeah, I don't agree with the way he goes about things. Like his antics and stuff like that, I agree with you wholeheartedly at that fact. But everything he tries to do, I love his intentions. And I feel like it's just straight genius behind everything he does. Even though they don't hit, everything does not hit, I still think his genius moves behind everything he does, bro. He needs a lot of credit for that. So I'm glad you brought up that point as well, bro. But um, let me move back to the Jalen Green point. So the program Greenwood joined has been upgraded to the 500000 salary from 125000 for elite prospects. Those that will fetch higher salaries in Australia, he will participate in a handful of games against G League teams that won't count for the standings, as well as receive professional coaching and life skill classes to, pre- to better prepare him for life in the NBA once he chooses to declare for the draft likely next summer. So that sounds set straight to me. You get the life skills, so you learn how to manage your money, sounds like. You get professional coaching. I want to say today I read an article that he's going to work with former Toronto head coach Sam Mitchell. So he's going to get great coaching from that. He's going to learn the NBA lifestyle before he gets to the NBA. And he's going to declare for the draft and most likely be a top five pick with his talent. So this this I, this is a no-lose situation in my opinion. Oh, yeah, no. You get the scholarship. Yeah. Yeah. I think you can't lose. What yeah, you I, I agree. I think it's a no-lose situation. I feel like it's he wins all around. He gets the pro experience. He gets the schooling. He gets the classes. He gets the money. Like, it's, it's just a win-win-win. Yeah, man. You can't lose that. So, I think more people will end up going – did, did I ask you that question? If more people were going to go down this line, they're actually going to the NCAA? Uh, no, you didn't ask me. Um, mm, I don't know if everybody will get the same type of deal that he gets. Yeah, it's only for elite Yeah, prospects. see, that's what I'm saying. Prospects. That they, That's the catch, only elite prospects. And I feel like that's where – the line is going to be drawn to who we still see go to college only and who we see experiment with this. So if you're not mm-hmm. categorized as an elite prospect, you're just going to be like, well, I'm going to college then and just doing it the old fashioned way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah, man. But I, I definitely like this for a lot of the elite prospects to take this route. Like Edgar said, money, college, you can't lose. And also next year, 2021, the new, uh, what is the new CBA is going to come out and they get to decide if high schoolers can go right to the NBA once again. I think next year will be the uh, the first year that can start again. They still have to vote on it. I don't know if they passed it or not, but that's definitely going to be decided by next year. So 2021 could be the first year high schoolers can jump from the NBA once again. So we could just see high schoolers just skip over this G League deal and then just go straight into the league. We seen it in like earlier, like 2000s, when LeBron and all that were coming out early, that a lot of people were coming out who weren't really ready. So it was a lot of prospects who they were big in their hometown and they ended up going to the NBA and ended up not getting drafted. And that really messed up their whole careers and whole lives and stuff like that. And I don't want a lot of college bound players to really make that jump if they're really not ready. I want it just to be elite to make that jump. Cause I think a lot of people get confused when they're big in that hometown, they get that, they get bigged up in a way where they want to just jump to the NBA because they got that type of buzz. When really they don't. That's just high school buzz. Like, it's certain players that got that NBA buzz and got the high Yeah, buzz. I agree. I, want people I to totally agree. Decisions. Yeah, I just want people to be smart about their decisions because we've seen in the past year that I've read stories where people were big in their hometown. I forgot his name. I literally just read the story a month ago. Um, but it was a story about somebody. He was from Palmetto, South Carolina. And he, he was big in his hometown. He had a little bit of buzz. And he ended up uh, going to the draft. He didn't get drafted. Uh, I think he got a tryout for a team. He didn't make the tryout. And he ended up playing a couple of years overseas. And his life or his career was done after a couple of years, even though he could have went to college, matured his game, and ended up going to the league that way and having a better route or a better way of succeeding in the NBA. But – he took the, the earlier route, and it doesn't work for a lot of people. So I just wanted to put that out there before we move on. But let's talk about Christian McCaffrey real quick, man. He got his four-year, $64 million extension. So clap, let's clap it up for my man Christian McCaffrey, man. Let's give it a whole huge clap for <laughs> man because he deserved all the money that he got. He deserved all that money, man. Uh, $16 million, he's the highest-paid running back in the league. Edgar, is he the best running back in the league is the question. Uh. He's no lower than number two. You could argue for somebody else being number one, but he's no lower than number two. He's one of the top two running backs in the league. I honestly feel the same way. I feel like he deserved this money. I feel like he was going to get this money, whether he deserved it or not, because he's literally the only big name in Carolina at this point. So I feel like the money was coming to him, whether he, quote, unquote, deserved it or not. But I personally feel it was deserved. Uh, Not only is he now the highest paid running back in the league, He's the highest paid running back in history. No running back has ever got this much money. So um, just congratulations to him on that. He's going to have to – he was already carrying the franchise over this past season, but now he's really going to have to now that there's no true big name. I like Teddy, but there's no true big name quarterback coming. And the defense, without Luke Keekly being ahead of that ship, we don't know where that defense is going. So he's box office at this point. And I forgot who said it, but somebody had said it a couple of or a couple of weeks ago. Whenever McCaffrey got signed, they said they were paying McCaffrey not only to be the running back, the star running back that he is. They were paying him to be the face of the franchise because, like Edgar just said, who else are the the fans coming to see? You don't got Keekley no more. You don't got Cam no more. You got a couple of promising wide receivers. Are you really showing up for Teddy Bridgewater? 
I don't know. You're really showing up for Christian McCaffrey. He's become the new face of the franchise for this team, and that's also why he got this big deal and why he got it so soon. Uh, Because this is his third year in the league. Running backs usually don't get it until after their fourth year. So they signed him to this deal a year earlier than they could have. And just because of the face of the franchise thing, they gave it to him a year early, and he definitely deserved it. He's the best running back in the league. He's better than Saquon. He's better than Zeke. I had to put that out there. Because not only can he be the best running back on your team, he can be the best wide receiver. You can put him at slot, and he can be a Pro Bowl slot wide receiver. That's how crisp he is with his routes out of the backfield and out uh, out in the in the slot stuff like that, man. So I love his game. Totally love his game. And I definitely seen a, a ranking by Colin Cowherd a couple of days ago, and he had McCaffrey ranked as the number two best player in the NFL. I don't agree. Yeah, with I that, wouldn't say that. But I wouldn't say I, that. Yeah, I was about to say, I, I was hyped to see McCaffrey because McCaffrey's my man. Right, right now, I'm a, I'm a fan free agent. I'm a fan free agent. I'm waiting on where, wherever Cam goes. I don't like how they treated my man out in Carolina, so I'm really starting to separate from that team. But I still love me some McCaffrey. But when I see him at number two on Cowherd's list, I was happy, but I didn't agree. But it's, it's definitely a case. Uh, I was just going to say, you can't argue it now. It's definitely arguable. Yeah. Your argument just got to be really strong. Yeah, because he, he basically said the same things I said. He can be a, a Pro Bowl wide receiver, and he can be the best running back. So it's just like you get the best of both worlds. The thing is, he just can't throw the ball. If he could throw the ball, then obviously that, that's the best position on the field. I want to say he had Russell Wilson one, Christian McCaffrey two, Aaron Donald was three. I think Mahomes was top five. Um, I forgot the rest. I want to see Tom Brady was up there in the top ten as well. Uh, but, yeah, I definitely I definitely like the list. Don't agree with it, but I definitely like to see it. But let's move on to the horse challenge, bro. Did you no, watch it I don't think anyone did. Let's just get this topic out of the way. <laughs> no one watched it. No one yeah. cared. No big names that we wanted to see other than Trey Young were in it. So let, let's just hurry up and get past this topic. Oh, my God. Yeah, bro. I didn't, I didn't watch it at all either. My pops was watching it, so I kind of got a, a glimpse of it. But I was, I'm I pretty was, sure the only reason he was watching it was because some of the older names that were in it. So The Chauncey's. Tamika Ketchum was in That was the one reason I did want to watch it because Tamika Ketchum was definitely one of my favorite WNBA players. Yeah, I, I rock with Tamika. Uh, I rock with Tamika. Still ain't want to watch, yeah. though. <laughs> still ain't want to watch. Exactly, bro. I, it, it still was hard to watch because when it came on the TV, it looked like an IG Live type of thing, bro. And I didn't like how it was set up because I watched the highlights. So I, I ended up knowing how it looked and how it was set up and stuff like that. They basically had the two players' faces who were playing. They had a camera phone showing the hoop and stuff like that. It was just a, it was just a real ugly setup. But if you don't know, Mike Conley won the horse challenge. So, congratulations to Mike Conley. I don't think he got anything out of it. But, but yeah. You got a pat on the back for the being challenge. the first person to win virtual horse. Yeah, I, I didn't like it at all. And he had his own personal gym. A lot of the people that were playing were really, like, outside, like, in outside courts. And it depends on, like, the conditioning of the outside. Because I want to say Tamika Catches was playing in, like, like windy a windy day. So, like, her ball was going everywhere. And he was, like, inside, like, in a comfortable gym, just cooling. Like, Trey Young was definitely outside. Like, all his shots was moving to the right. So, it was, it was a lot of conditioning issues as well. So, I don't know if they would do this ever again. 
Like I said, I liked it when it was in person. I'm 99% sure they'll never do anything like this ever again. Yeah, yeah me too. Bro. Due to I, these I, situations, I, like, I don't see it happening ever again. I like that they tried, but I, yeah, I agree with you, bro. But let's move on to these Beckham to Viking rumors. So these rumors came out, I want to say, a week ago. Uh, Beckham to the Vikings. But... I want to say these rumors were shot down by the Cleveland uh, front office. They were really shot down as false. Yeah, they they shut down any trade rumors. They said they're keeping Odell. That man is not on the trading block. There's You can just stop all the rumors right now. I don't know if I fully believe that, though, because the Giants did that. I was just about to say that. I was just about to say that. I was just about to say that, bro, because the Giants said the same thing after they signed him. After they signed him, they was like, oh, we're not trading Odell, this, that, the third. And then a couple of weeks later, he's going to Cleveland. It's like, and you just said you wasn't going to trade him. Well, like that. the only so like the only difference game. I see is he's probably on the same page with Cleveland. With New York, they lied and said they weren't going to trade him. And he didn't know that he was going to get traded. At least with Cleveland, I think they're lying, saying he's not going to get traded. But he at least knows behind the scenes what's really going to happen. The Giants were lying, and he didn't really know. At least with Cleveland, I feel like he knows what's going to happen no matter what they tell him. I, I, don't, I don't even know about that, bro, because I still think he's he, on the he want He like, want out of Cleveland, bro. As much season. as he like playing with his brother, Juice Landry, Odell want out of Cleveland, bro. He want to be in a winning situation. That's so I'm that's saying. why I feel like he knows so at like, least. Not- when he wanted to at least stay with New exactly. York. With New York, he's seen himself being a Giant as long as they were willing to give him his money and do him right. But with Cleveland, he like, nah, I wanted to play with my brother, but I don't know if I want to play with him this bad where I'm just on a completely losing team. Yeah, bro, because they, they were a train wreck last year. They still have a lot of a lot of talent going into next season, but it really just depends on Baker Mayfield, man, his development, and if they can get him an offensive line. That's really the big key because I feel like every other position, they are loaded. They are loaded at every other position, but the quarterback – in the tackle position, they really struggle at. So that that's something that they really need to develop. But Beckham, I feel like he he wants to, like every said, wants to be on the trading block. And I feel like it's going to happen. I feel like it is inevitable that he is going to get traded again this summer. I don't know where. I've been here in San Francisco and all these other teams. But I think he is definitely getting traded once again. I don't know if he's going to click with the coach, but it's definitely something to see. I think it's inevitable, though. I think he's definitely going to trade it. If I was Cleveland, I wouldn't, but they, they are. They're, they're the Browns. I wouldn't expect any anything That's other than a mess up. They're the Browns. What, once again, Damn, see, this is what I'm talking about. Once again, we're talking about the Browns. I said this before. We're talking about the Browns. Why? We're not talking about the Browns. We're but he's on the man. Browns. See, this is what I was talking about. The Browns always find a way to be the topic of conversation when they should never be the topic of conversation. They have earned it. They have earned it. They have a, They have too much talent for you not to mention the Browns. Everybody look good talent. on paper. Like we have to, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like they're, pay, they're the paper chips, so we have to talk about them because they have so much talent. They have the Garretts. They got the the Odell. They got the Landrys. They got the Chubs. Hey, they got my boy. They got my boy Odell. That's the only reason I don't mind talking about them. Yeah, but Odell definitely getting traded again. If I would just was to say right now, I would definitely say San Francisco. San Francisco is definitely the one for me. 
they didn't uh, need another wide receiver, especially with uh, Sanders. Where, where did Sanders go? Uh, Sam, he went to San he Francisco. Nah, uh, he got he signed somewhere. Else. Oh, recently? Jeez. Whoa. Yeah. What was this? Yeah, this was uh, That's crazy. I really feel like I know what you're talking about now. That's crazy. He was literally. He signed with the Saints. That's what it was. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I just played with the Saints on Madden, and he was definitely on the Saints. Yep. Okay. Yeah. So he he's with the Saints. So they definitely need a second wide receiver with uh, Debo Samuel and uh, George Kittle. And didn't they just pick somebody up? Another tight end. That's crazy. Emmanuel Sanders is on the Saints. No wonder I was snapping on Madden. Okay. Thanks for reassuring me of that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. They just, like I said, but the Saints have well, the Saints been loaded for the past couple of years, so I ain't gonna say nothing about the Saints. I've been having them as Super Bowl, uh, not Super Bowl champions, but I've been having them at least get to the Super Bowl or predicting them to get there for the last couple of years, and they can never reach it. They always choke. And now, and now the Bucks for this time of again. I don't know about all that, but like I said, I gotta see it come together. Some things gotta fall through for y'all, man, because y'all the Bucks. Y'all kind of like the Browns too. I ain't gonna give y'all too much leeway. Please don't. Do that. <laughs> no, please don't. <laughs> what? Hey. <laughs> 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 That's funny. Cowherd said, bro. Oh, what? Oh, the statement. Oh, Stephen A. What can go wrong will go wrong, man. I don't know how it's gonna go wrong. Hey, you can say that for many other organizations. That's all I'm saying. Uh, with the Cowboys, it just hit different. It can be <laughs> a team full of Pro Bowlers, and somehow, some way, they just not gonna. They'll have a winning season. They just won't get the job done to get to the Super Bowl. Yeah, that's definitely true. And Dak is still not signed to a um, to a contract. He's obviously still waiting for a long-term contract. He hasn't signed his franchise tag. So the Cowboys are really – they don't have a quarterback on the roster right now. And they were talking um, earlier today on Get Up to see if Dallas – if somebody was to drop down the draft board to them. I forgot where they're picking at. But wherever picking the 20s, they were talking about drafting a younger QB to replace a deck. Could you see that? So you wouldn't go young. Dak is young. <laughs> but I'm saying, like, you got to pay him all that money, though. But I'm saying you got to pay him all that money, though. And for young quarterbacks, that's usually the, the enticing. I say keep Dak. Dak, you have a future with this man. And he's still young. He's still in his prime. I feel like just keep him. Just keep him and try to give him the pieces that he needs. And just let's see how this new coaching system is going. <laughs> I say this because I know you don't want to pay Dak all that money because he's going to get $35 million. That's what he's waiting out for. He's going to get the 35 And I know you said you don't want Dak to get over 30 at one point. So do you still want to take that risk? Yeah, I still don't want the man to get – he still ain't deserve that much money to him. Mm-hmm. I still want him to be with the team, though. I still, mm-hmm. want him to, I still want him to get respectably paid. I just don't feel like he deserves – what he wants to get paid right now. Yeah. yeah. That's my only thing. I feel like the Cowboys need to keep him. They need to pay him respectably, but 
but don't overpay him when he hasn't when the team as a whole, but him being the quarterback, he gonna get the most scrutiny. He hasn't delivered what needs to be delivered. Yeah, and that's like I said, I think he's done more for this Cowboys team than Tony Romo has. And that says a lot about how the Cowboys feel about Tony Romo because the most overrated quarterback I've ever known. But yeah, man, let's move on. Let's talk about Ty Lue, man. We haven't talked about basketball or NBA basketball in a very, very long time. So let's dive into this Ty Lue in Brooklyn news. They say he is interested in going back to Brooklyn and reuniting with Kyrie. Is that the best fit for Brooklyn as a coach? Man, I done said it before. Dude, nobody gonna listen to my vision. Bro, Pop is not going up. I'm telling you, Greg Popovich is going to the Brooklyn Nets eventually to be the head coach. And Tim Duncan is gonna become the new head coach of the San Antonio Spurs and create his own coach and dynasty. That's what I see in the future for Brooklyn. What? San Antonio. Nah, man. I see if anybody going to be the coach, it should be Becky Hammond because she actually know her stuff. And Tim Duncan, he's just a talking head at this point. He's just somebody we all know. I don't think he's the best coach on that bitch of Greg Popovich. I think he got way better coaching candidates than a Tim Duncan. Tim Duncan just known. You don't trust him? Nah, I like Becky Hammond. Let the first female head coach get in there. Let Becky Hammond get in there. I will be mad if that happens. Yeah. Nah, like I said, uh, I predicted this during the uh, college basketball season. Bill Self will definitely be the coach of the San Antonio Spurs next season. Pop is going to retire. It's it's kind of weird though. Now my predictions look kind of weird because I don't know how this season is going to play out. So I don't know when it's going to end. Or if it's already done. So it's kind of weird. Like My prediction is kind of scattered. But Bill Self will eventually be the San Antonio Spurs head coach in the next couple of years. Like I said, it's kind of weird with the prediction right now. And Pop is going to retire. I don't see Pop going to Brooklyn. I think Ty Lue is the best fit because he already has that chemistry with Kyrie. And he knows how to manage big egos with Kyrie and with LeBron. So I think it will be the same thing with a KD as well. So I think Ty Lue is the best fit. I also like Mark Jackson, but I think Ty Lue is the best fit. Okay, and let's uh, dive into Yannick Ngakwe to finish off the pod. So, a couple of days ago, bro, Yannick Ngakwe went crazy on the owner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. If you don't know who he is, he's the defensive end for Jacksonville. And he went crazy on the GM because he wants to go, he wants to get traded at this point, basically. He wants to get traded. They tried to franchise tag him. He doesn't want the franchise tags. He wants a long-term contract, and now he wants to get traded. And he was going back and forth with the G, not the GM, the owner of the team, and he was going crazy. Uh, what's the first message? Stop hiding, Mo. He said he added, he added the owner and said, stop hiding, Mo. And then the, him and the owner were going back and forth. The owner said, I'm not hiding, sir. I'm in isolation, getting ready for the draft. I've been pretty active on social media, yada, yada, yada. You unfollowed me. Yannick Ngakwe basically told the owner, you spoiled. He said, y'all need to trade me, yada, yada, yada. The owner went back at him and said, uh, this tweeting doesn't help you with your trade, compensation, and stuff like that. Uh, you need to get off social media is basically what he said. Edgar, how do you feel about this relationship between Yannick and the Jacksonville Jaguars at this point? And do you see a trade? A trade has to happen. But where do you see him heading? I just, first off, I didn't even know 
this player before any of this happened. I don't feel like he has the the pull and the big enough name to do something like this. Now, if Leonard Fournette was doing something like this, then okay. Because it's like, it's Leonard Fournette. You know, it's the top prospect running back that you can definitely see being a championship-type player. But this Yannick dude, he, first off, the man tweeted free Yannick, and nobody else tweeted Like, you can't say free yourself. Hashtag free Yann. Hashtag free Yann. Nah. Free him. We can't do it. You can't say free yourself. First off, you're not supposed to say free yourself, because you're already free if you do that. So... Now he now he locked up. He locked up right now. He locked up in Jacksonville. And, uh, and also around NFL circles, Yannick Ngakwe is like one of the best defensive ends in the league. I want to say he has like he wants a twenty million dollar payday or eighteen million to twenty dollar uh, million dollar payday. So he's like an elite defensive end in this game. He just plays in Jacksonville. And like since I said, and like I said, I since he left. Maybe the stats are there, but the I was about to say because you just disrespected him. You basically threw him to the side, like. He trashed. Da, 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 da. Like I said, <laughs> <laughs> didn't know this guy. Didn't know this guy. The Jaguars don't get enough TV time as is, so you don't really see him unless you exact him. But uh, I don't really like the fact that he really went at the owner like that on Twitter. I feel like he only did that because the owner is fairly young. And he knows how to operate. So if the owner was like one of these 70, 60, 70, 80-year-old owners, he wouldn't have did all this on Twitter because he wouldn't have had anybody to clap back and argue with. Yeah. So I feel like that's the only reason he went at the owner on Twitter because he knew he was going to respond. Mm-hmm. So that, that's my feelings on it. I feel like, hey, do what you got to do to get your money, but I don't even know who you are like that. You're doing all of this, making all this noise. And Leonard Fournette is still the topic of discussion in Jacksonville, not you. And you're doing all of this. Yeah, but let's talk about Jag the Jags for a minute, man. Because I don't, I don't know where they go from here. They obviously yeah, the traded. Jags. No one, everyone knows. No yeah, one knows what but they, it's crazy, bro. Because they just, like I said, they just got to a super, not Super Bowl, but they got to a conference championship. Was it two years ago? I felt like it was two, three years ago. Like it was recent. Like, they just got there, and now they're basically in a whole another rebuild right now. You just traded uh, Jalen Ramsey last season. You traded A.J. Boye. You traded Calais Campbell. You, you're about to get rid of Ngakwe. You're about to get rid of Fournette. And you got uh, Gardner, Gardner Mitchell as your quarterback. And he's not that good. So it's like, what are y'all doing right now in Jacksonville? I don't know where they go from here. They're trading all their talent away. Jacksonville is Jacksonville. That's what you blame it on? You just blame it on Jacksonville? Nobody wants to be in Duval? Yes. Man. It's Duval. Nobody, nobody wants to know. That's crazy, <laughs> nobody bro. Nobody explained it. Nobody wants to be in Duval. Bro, they, they were just there. That's why I'm blown because they were just, they were at the precipice of a Super Bowl. And now they're back at the bottom of the bottom, about to tank again, probably for Trevor Lawrence. They're going to be in that sweepstakes. It's crazy. Bro. That was really because of the defense that year. That it was. Nah, like I said, Fournette was the only person on offense I was worried about. But they traded away all the off the defense at this point, man. And huh, another loss for the for the state of Florida. Another loss. But uh, I think that is it with all the topics. That we can wrap it up. Egg, hit it with the social media. You can follow us on Twitter at QE Podcast One. You can follow us on Instagram at Q underscore and underscore E underscore Podcast. 
And you can follow and like our Facebook page at Q and Sign E Podcast. Yes, and you can follow me on Twitter at Q underscore Hicks3. Follow Edgar at EggerMartin97. And follow my man on IG at EggerMartinOfficial. Also, we are proud affiliates of the Blue Collar Media Group. Shout out to Steve Rise and all them folks, man, for putting us on the team. We appreciate it. And also, email us if you have any questions, feedback, sponsorship opportunities at Q-A-N-D-E podcast at gmail.com. And... Oh, is that it? And also subscribe to all the podcast platforms. We're on Spotify. We're on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Uh, what's the other ones? Uh, we're everywhere. Wherever you listen to podcasts, we there. So definitely check us out on all those platforms. And thank you for listening. And we're out. Peace. Yeah. Yeah, draft day, Johnny Manziel, five years later, how am I the man still? Draft day, A. Wiggins, that other side, we stay winning. Oh man, you know I had to do it for you. You know I had to do it for you. Yeah, suits and ties yelling out, pay the guys, man, I had to do it for you. You know I had to do it for you. You know I had to do it for you. Oh man, oh man, oh man, man, you know I had to. Sometimes I laugh with God about how you can't stop me. I'm his darkest angel, probably, but he still got me. Yeah, I'm getting mine, but still I better live. Shit I set aside to make sure that my people getting by. Brunch with some guitar royals, and my cup is all oil. You know it's rare when you to take the fall for you. All loyal, so you keep egging me on, and we gon' have to crack your shell just to prove to you you ain't hard boiled. Mm. Last night I tried some raw oysters. Man, that boy growing up quick. That boy noited. That boy singing on every song when he know he could spit. That boy manifested it. That boy knew it was written. That boy did it on purpose. That boy know that they on you when they can't get past you. You should've followed all my moves. You won't realize the after. And if I left it the chance, I would've picked a name like Chance the Rapper. Yeah. No offense, cause I don't know that I focus on making records and getting bigger Just hits, no misses, that's for the married folks Tell them fix my sweet up, cause I'm coming home I already talking crazy, I was out of town You know they love to pop all that when I'm not around But when I'm here, not a sound That'll make me snap, jot it down Go in the booth and lay a body down Know some Somalis that say we got it, wallahi Get us donuts and coffee, we'll wait for him in the lobby And I gotta tell him, chill Sprite got me on payroll, let that man live They say okay if you say so, see whatever I say go I play like I'm on Royce, no Conseco, no Oakland A's though Shout out to Beto, I think I'm on my 8th flow Just watch me paint flow, we all do it for the art So I can never hate though, signing off on more deals Than a lawyer with a heavy caseload How the game turn into the Drake show Dog, what the f*** happened to so-and-so, where did they go? Too worried about f*** and fashion, they go missing in action and then you never notice they missing On some hunger games that would die for my district Jennifer Lawrence, you can really get it Yeah, I mean for real girl, you know I had to do it for you You know I had to do it for you You know I had to, oh wait, sidebar Left some beat at the end so that all of you Could loop it and get your lies off season
Yeah, draft day, Johnny Manziel Five years later, how am I the man still? Draft day, A. Wiggins That other side, we stay winning Oh man, you know I had to do it for you You know I had to do it for you Yeah, suits and ties yelling out Pay the guys, man, I had to do it for you You know I had to do it for you you know I had to do it for you. Oh man, oh man, oh man, man. You know I had to.